Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined once again today by Pastor Neil Radical. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. It's been a while since we did this podcast together. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Good to be able to regroup again. Yeah, thank you for subbing for all those months that I was gone and about for about a month here. I've been kind of just doing them again now, but it's good to have both of us back here and we're looking forward to continuing this uh, podcast as we go forward uh, <clears throat> in this way. Uh, today I wanted to begin with a devotion briefly based on a section from Job from our Read the Bible we've been going through over, over the course of 2022. Uh, from Job chapter 23, uh, Job asks a pretty important question uh, in 23 verses 8 through 9. Uh, he's really asking the question, where is God? Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. So we've been going through Job for uh, a couple of days here, and it's been interesting to note uh the kind of the beginning of the situation with Job, you know, he's got all these earthly possessions and blessings. They're all taken away in one day. And yet Job uh, says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then he uh, has the affliction of the many boils put upon him, the, the infections in his body. And yet he uh, is still able to uh, maintain his faith in Job chapter 2. And yet in the chapters that follow that, you know, a lot of people think of the story of Job and it's basically... Uh, Job loses everything, stays faithful to God, and God blesses him with twice as much. And that's what's going to come at the end of Job. But Job's 43 chapters long, and we've been plugging our way through it in our daily Bible readings. And you can see this conversation going back and forth between Job and his three friends. And really throughout this conversation they're having, you know, Job's friends are continually accusing him of sin. You know, Job, what have you done wrong? Where is your, uh, figure out what you did to make God so mad at you, so angry at you that he caused all these things to happen. And Job keeps coming back to, I'm blameless before the Lord. There's nothing specifically that I did wrong. You know, the reason I'm suffering is not because of some sin I committed. And they have this conversation back and forth in this very long, uh, uh, difficult to understand conversation these men are having back and forth. Um, And yet Job here in this section really starts questioning, you know, where is God? You know, God, I'm I'm sitting here with my friends. I've been, you know, talking about... uh, all the situation that's been going on in my life. Uh, where are you? And, you know, I think that's something for us to ponder in our lives as well as, you know, God, where are you? Um, when we are facing challenging situations, when we're in times of trial or difficulty, when we're getting treatments for cancer, or when a loved one's in the hospital or someone's facing death, or when there's a situation in our marriage that seems difficult and uh, like a, a real challenge, where is God? And that's one of the, the big questions that we are going to face throughout our earthly life is, where is God? Because God isn't something that we can place our hands on. God isn't something that we can see with our eyes. God isn't something that uh, is tangible. God is, uh, God is spirit, the Bible says. God is ethereal. He isn't a, a flesh and bone that we should behold him. So where is God? And that's kind of the question of faith is, who do you believe in? What do you trust in? And where is God? And what's your answer to that? And I think, you know, Job is going to continue to work through that question. And Job really answers, the whole book of Job answers the question of, you know, why does a Christian suffer? And Job certainly did suffer. We are all going to suffer in our lives. 
And so the question then is, as we are suffering, where is God through all that? And thanks be to God that we have a lot more sections in Holy Scripture that encourage us and that comfort us that indeed God is present with our uh, with us while we are suffering. Um, I think of Psalm 46 where uh, the psalmist writes that God is a very present help in trouble. He's our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And so, you know, by faith, we know that God is there with us. We know that he is strengthening us and guiding us and leading us through whatever that struggle may be, uh, even though we can't see him. And that's, it's hard to put into words exactly what that means. Even the, the writer of the Hebrews uh, probably came as close as anybody to describing what faith is. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, it seems uh, seems like a oxymoron, <laughs> really, that those verses that, you know, how can we describe what it means that God is present in our lives even though we can't see him, uh, even though we can't touch him, even though we can't uh, hear him speak to us uh, uh, tangibly, uh, and yet God gives to us his holy word. And that's, again, what we need to come back to. And something we've been blessed with that Job likely was not, is that we have God's word that speaks to us, uh, those words of comfort that he is present with us. Jesus has promised that he's with us to the very end of the age. Uh, And so where is God? Uh, By faith, and thanks be to God that by faith, we can answer that he is right here in our hearts. Uh, By faith, he lives and dwells among us, and he promises to be with us and, and strengthen us and guide us no matter what challenge we may face in life. So I just thought, as we read that yesterday in our, our Bible reading, it would be a good devotional thought today to answer the question that Job asked and that we all ask. Where is God? And God is present in his word, God is present in our hearts, and God is present with us, uh, guiding us day by day uh, through our earthly life and leading us to that everlasting life in heaven. Any thoughts on, on those uh, devotional thoughts from Job or other places there, Pastor? Uh, very well said. Maybe just a supporting verse from everything you commented on. Psalm 139 verse 5 says, You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. And there's a really neat song by Chris Tomlin talking about this psalm. You know, I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. Even though, like you said, Job is looking all around doesn't see the Lord. We still know by faith, as you mentioned earlier, the Lord is going before us and is protecting us from our rear guard as well. So he's he's always all around us, and he's there to pr- provide, protect, and sustain our faith in this life. Kind of makes me think of the children of Israel uh, when the uh, pillar of fire by night and the p- cloud, uh, pillar of cloud by day, and you know that cloud moved to the rear when Pharaoh's armies came to attack the children of Israel on the Red Sea. That, uh, that pillar of cloud protected them, and uh, moved to where they needed it to be until they could safely cross. And so God does for us. He, he, even though he's not present to us in such a visible, tangible way, uh, we can be assured that he is with us just as he was with his children back then. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your presence. You are present among us through your word. You are present among us through our interactions with one another as we reflect the love of Christ that he showed for us through his work on the cross. Thank you for that great blessing of your love shown to us through Jesus. Remind us of that great gospel message day by day. Help us to walk as your children today and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. A couple announcements I want to highlight for you. Uh, Wednesday evening Bible class is is tonight. We're continuing through our study of Mark 10. I hope you can join us for that. Again, the the, uh, link is right on our webpage uh, or it is normally emailed out as well. Um, Our weekend Bible classes, we started working on the 
report from the CLC Board of Doctrine and the Joint Committee Representatives on Church Fellowship and its termination. Had some very good discussion through the first three pages this week. Uh, we'll continue on with that study this weekend. Hope you can join us for that. Once again, that uh, has to do with the CLC Convention's reaction in uh, declining to adopt the joint statement in 2021. So now what is Convention going to do in 2022? This report is uh, uh, going to be brought to Convention this summer. And they are looking to us as a congregation for feedback on this report and making sure that we're all on the same page on this important doctrine of the termination of church fellowship and what would, what uh, steps would need to be taken in order for us to reestablish uh, 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 fellowship with the Wells, specifically on this doctrine of the termination of church fellowship. Uh, go, go ahead. Uh, also along with, compare, just a reminder too, it's communion Sunday, that's communion weekend, so we'll be holding communion both Saturday and Sunday. Our normal service times. Yep, so important to prepare your hearts for communion this weekend as you uh, prepare for worship at the Lord's house. Um, next week in our podcast, we're start, going to start a new series called Meet the Faculty. So we're going to be interviewing the faculty members one by one. Uh, I think it's important for you as members of Emmanuel to get to know your faculty, uh, get to know them uh, a little bit better, and maybe uh, find out some interesting tidbits about them and the important work that they do for our children here at Emmanuel Lutheran School. Uh, next week, we'll start with Principal Brandon Heinze. Uh, also want to highlight for you, we're, as I mentioned earlier, we're doing Read the Bible in 2022. Uh, we are now doing online posts every day of the daily Bible readings. So if it's uh, cumbersome to you to get your Bible out and to go through uh, the, the process of getting the uh, opening up the Bible, you can just go right on our website and you can uh, click the link right there and it'll take you straight to the Bible reading for the day. Um, you can also post a comment if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas on the, the readings for that day. It's a neat way for us to kind of uh, work together, interact with one another as we uh, study God's Word. So it's neat to kind of have that individual study of God's Word and then also community study of God's Word as a group together. So um, please make use of that uh, as you are able to uh, in the coming year. Uh, on our prayer list today, uh, we continue to pray for Arthur Heyer young relative of the Schmid family who is undergoing chemo treatment for cancer in Rochester. Uh, my understanding is he's still continuing to improve, but is certainly uh, still, uh, his life is certainly still in danger of ending. So we pray for young Arthur. Uh, Whitewater, this past weekend, we thank the Lord for a, a safe trip. Uh, there was one high school injury, but uh, thankfully it wasn't as bad as it uh, could have been. So we thank the Lord for protecting the high school students through that situation. We pray for Marv Lighting, uh, who ended up in Rochester this week uh, and had a pacemaker put in. Uh, just, the surgery was successful. Uh, we're waiting to hear where he ends up, but uh, thankful that uh, Marv is doing well at this point. Also pray for our teacher, Beth Grieve. Uh, she'll be having, undergoing uh, surgery this weekend to deal with a couple of lingering effects from her cancer treatment. Uh, it's, no long, it's not cancer anymore, but it's uh, uh, some treatments that just need to be done and taken care of uh, as a consequence of the treatment she'd received earlier. Uh, and finally, we're praying for Mark Schwein today, Pastor. You spoke to him. Yeah, we had prayed for his surgery on his hand a couple weeks ago, and that surgery was postponed because he had gotten sick, and now he's recovered, and that surgery is scheduled for this Friday. So Lord willing, that'll all go well. Excellent. Uh, this past weekend in church, we talked about the law, um, the law as uh, uh, a guide for us to use in life and how we are to, in connection with both the Christian walk and how really the law can be summed up in one word, love, and how we are to 
to love one another. And then uh, I had a conversation with a member about uh, uh, this this account from Matthew chapter 19, which speaks about um, the law. And, and the conversation kind of went, well, what's the expectation for you and I in loving our neighbor? Are we to give up everything we have? Are we to, you know, in loving our neighbor, are we to uh, pauper ourselves to, to sell all we have because that's sure what it sounds like in this section. So I, I'd just like to read this section and then maybe I'll ask you, Pastor, is Jesus telling us to sell everything we have and give to the poor? Uh, from Matthew 19, verses 6 through 22. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. So, Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell everything you have and follow me. Is, is that the standard that Jesus is setting for all of us, Pastor? Are we to sell everything that we have and give to the poor? Jesus is really good at getting at the heart of the issues. And the issue wasn't whether this man had great possessions or not. It was a problem that he thought that he had been good enough to be perfect. He thought that he kept the law perfectly. And the Lord really examines the heart of the issue is that he was so caught up in his materialism and the things that he did have that he wasn't willing to leave those things behind or to follow Jesus as we know Jesus comments in other parts of the word where what man what can it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits its soul what would a man give in exchange for this his soul and in order for this man to follow Jesus he wasn't willing to give up those things that he had Jesus knew that and so he exposes that with the law and showing him that yeah, maybe you think you've kept the law perfectly, but you still have this greed in your heart and this materialism that's clouding your sight on what's truly important, the one thing needful in Christ. Yeah, and I think that's that neatly outlines, you, you know, you mentioned the law, and that's what that's what this man needed. And I think that's important for all of us in our day-to-day lives as we interact with one another, whether it be as parents speaking to children, whether it be friends speaking to friends, uh, spouse speaking to spouse, you know, how we interact with one another, what we're constantly trying to do is correctly divide God's word of truth. When do we apply law, apply law and when do we apply gospel? Um, when, and, and, of course, Jesus knew perfectly when to do that with this, this young man. It kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, when, you know, if you ever watch the Olympics, you know, they have the, the high jump where they got the big pole and they go running down the, the thing and they stick the pole in just the right spot and they jump as high as they can. And what they do is, you know, they're, they're constantly raising the bar. And, you know, if, if everyone who passes the first bar gets to go to the jump at the next bar, and then everyone who passes that bar gets to go to the next bar, and it goes higher and higher and higher and higher, and they would keep going higher and higher as long as people could keep jumping over it. And what Jesus really does here is he raises the bar again. You know, this, this man thing, you know, and did this man actually clear the bar of keeping all those commandments? No, but he thought he did. So Jesus said, well, let's raise the bar even higher then. Um, and he sets a, an even ho- more impossible standard of selling all that you have and giving to the poor. Because what, what this bar, so to speak, the bar of the law, the standard of the law, is supposed to do is help us to realize how short we fall. <laughs> if you ever watch any of the, uh, the bloopers of those track and field people who are doing the, 
the, the high jump, you know, if you, you miss the stick and hitting it just in the right spot or the stick breaks halfway up, that's really what, what happens to us. Is we completely fail to even reach the bar, much less to, to hurdle a bar uh, of, of the Ten Commandments. And so what Jesus is doing is he's, he's saying, you cannot on your own reach this standard. And that's what the law does, is the law is meant to break down the, the wall of pride that separates our heart from God. It's supposed to smash us down to to afflict us and uh, 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 break down our sinful pride so that we turn to the Lord for forgiveness. And that's what this young man needed to hear. And, and it says he went away sorrowful. And that's good because that was the first step. He needed to be sorrowful for his, his pride and his arrogance and thinking he could keep the commandments. And God willing, we don't know what happened to this young man, but God willing, uh, uh, we pray that he... Uh, in repentance, turned to the Lord for forgiveness and realized that he had failed to keep the commandments as he ought to have and uh, uh, turned to the turned to the Lord in faith. And that's what God wants all of us to do when we have uh, things that come between us and God and we in our pride and our sinful arrogance think that we are doing pretty good or we are keeping certain commandments okay. Um, the law breaks us down. The law is an impossibly high standard and that's the idea. You know, and Sometimes I say there's there's two ways to get to heaven. One is to per- keep the law absolutely perfectly and never sin in any way, and the other way is to believe in Jesus. <laughs> so really, there's one way to heaven. And you know, this young man, when he said, "What must I do to have eternal life?" He was trying to get in the other way. You know, and uh, it's impossible, impossible to do that. And so uh, he said that Jesus set him straight uh, by using the law. And God willing, uh, the gospel uh, followed after in that man's life, as it does in our lives. Any closing thoughts on that section, Pastor? Very encouraging of Jesus' grace to extend the invitation anyway to this man. Follow me. You know, there's the good news there, too, that yeah. this man didn't deserve it, but he still invited him to follow him, and he rejected it. Yeah. Come and follow me, he said, and he invites us as well. Uh, the hymn that I picked out for today is in, uh, hymn 295 in the Red Hymnal. It's entitled, The Law of God is Good and Wise. Uh, and I always think it's important to remember that, you know, sometimes we just think the law, you know, the gospel is the good news and the law is the, uh, the law is bad. Um, but the law isn't bad. The law is good. We do need the law in order to point out our sinful, sinfulness and the, our need for God. And so this hymn outlines for us just how important the law is. The law of God is good and wise and sets his will before our eyes, shows us the way of righteousness and dooms to death when we transgress. Its light of holiness imparts the knowledge of our sinful hearts, that we may see our lost estate and seek deliverance ere too late. To those who help in Christ have found and would in works of love abound, it shows what deeds are his delight and should be done as good and right. When men the offered help disdain and willfully in sin remain, its terror in their ear resounds and keeps their wickedness in bounds. The law is good, but since the fall, its holiness condemns us all. It dooms us for our sin to die and has no power to justify. To Jesus we for refuge flee, who from the curse has set us free, and humbly worship at his throne, saved by his grace, through faith alone. Amen. We thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast today. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information, we invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.